1: But I want to talk about the Ohio State Buckeyes and and, sure. and dive into who Notre Dame's next opponent is. We're going to look at their 2013-2023 team. The Buckeyes are 3-0, Ryan. Uh, started off a little sloppy this year, did the Buckeyes. Uh, had a 23-3 win over Indiana. It was a 20-point road win over a Big Ten foe. So it's nothing to to be embarrassed by or sneeze at. But Indiana's not very good. We've talked about that. This That's not a very good Indiana football team. Indiana this past weekend lost to Louisville, 21-14 uh, as well, and uh, went out the next week and beat Youngstown State 35-7. That's a quality FCS team. They had some good moments in the game and some not-so-great moments in the game. A lot of negativity. They dropped from third in the preseason polls to sixth because of their ugly wins in the first two games, which I'm not. I'm, I, I felt that was applied unevenly, like why is Ohio State dropping and Michigan's not? I mean, did you did you not watch Michigan against East you know against East Carolina? They actually kind of called the dogs off for the next two weeks against UNLV, against okay. Bowling Green. They haven't looked like world beaters either. So it, it is what it is. That's kind of what makes me think it's sort of narrative fitting. You know, let's drop Ohio State just in case they lose to Notre Dame, and then we can say that well Ohio State wasn't as good this year. This is a good Ohio State football team, though. And, and if they handle business this weekend, they're going to go back up in the rankings. There's no doubt about it. Uh, earning a top 10 road win. Got back on track last week on offense against Western Kentucky. Had a buddy of mine say, well, you know, they haven't beat anybody yet. So well, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, you know, they beat some, you know, Western Kentucky's not that good. I was like, bro, they won nine games last year. Yeah, they right? yep. They got a quarterback that threw for 4,700 yards last year. At their level, it's a good football team. That's a Marshall-esque caliber football team. Right, yep. if you want to, if you want to get real with it, as far as uh, as far as where, where Notre Dame is, Ryan, that's a, that's that kind of level. That's the kind of that's the kind of level that they play at. And so, to me, for Notre Dame, uh, this is your chance to kind of to go out there and, or for Ohio State's, chance to go out there and, and get a win that gets people's respect back. And that's what Notre Dame is going to look to do this weekend. Uh, but that's also what Ohio State's looking to do this weekend, Ryan, is get back on track and prove to four zero jump back up in the rankings. When you look at the Buckeyes, Ryan, statistically. They're averaging 40.3 points per game and giving up 6.7. Their defense has been very good the first three games of the year. Uh, they're very much on par with where Notre Dame was through the first three games. Uh, actually, Notre Dame through their first three games gave up slightly fewer points than uh, than uh, excuse me, actually first two games. Notre Dame gave up more in their third game, but the first two games they were Notre Dame was actually a little slightly better. Uh, Notre Dame gave up 30 points through their first three games. Ohio State's only given up 20. Uh, sure. Notre Dame, obviously, offense is ahead of schedule, but Ohio State's coming off of a very explosive performance this past weekend against Western Kentucky. Now, offensively, when you look at their national rankings, Ryan, they're 20th right now in scoring offense this year at 40 points a game. Uh, they are, in total when you look at their total offensive numbers, I just uh, typed in the wrong thing, they're 24th nationally in yards per game at 474.7, and they are currently ranked this year 12th in yards per play. Uh, this season, Ryan, so they've they've and they've been kind of similar to Notre Dame. They've been a very big play oriented offense, you know, some 70 yard touchdown passes and things like that. So there's been some similarities only went for 5.7 a play against Indiana, but they were an eight against Youngstown State and then 9.4 this past week against Western Kentucky. Uh, what's been interesting, Ryan, is is they obviously we we anticipate them being a very good passing team. Ohio State's always puts up a lot of numbers passing the football. Uh, they're currently 17th, averaging a, a 318 yards per game. The Buckeyes currently rank 18th in yards per pass attempt. Ryan, they have seven touchdowns and two picks in their three games, and they currently rank 24th nationally in quarterback rating, uh, and they rank. 37th nationally in completion percentage so obviously a lot of volume and production from the past game the the surprise for me this year ryan so far has been the running game and they have not been a great rushing team this season they currently rank 70th in the country right now 156.7 yards per game uh they're yep. averaging 5.2 uh yards per carry which ranks them 32nd. So that that shows, I think, a little bit of a better number than does yards per game because they also throw the ball a lot. But still, 32nd in yards per rush is not where you're used to seeing an Ohio State football team. Uh, they did get back on track a little bit this weekend against Western Kentucky. Gave, they rushed for 204 yards and 6.2 yards per carry uh, against an Ohio State team or against a Western Kentucky team, Ryan, that was okay last year against the run and they they were they were okay they gave up 145 yards per game uh gave up 252 last year to auburn uh in uh october g- or November game so obviously we know auburn wasn't a, a great football team last year gave up over 200 to Uab gave up our turn to UTSA uh but also had some quality moments as well Uh so they so it's a, it a good performance rushing game wise getting back on track a little bit but the the there, there's talent in the backfield ryan there's talent outside there's no question about it what's what's really been the reason that Ohio State hasn't been quite as dynamic offensively to start the season as they're used to being, in my opinion, you know, because last year they only scored 21 against Notre Dame, uh, but the next, I mean, they, they didn't score lower than 49 or 45 the rest of the way until you had that November 5th game in the bad weather at Northwestern, and then after that it was 56 and 43, and then than they had the Michigan game. So, I mean, you were 45, 77, 52, 49, 49, 54, 44 last year, 44 against Penn State. So they're not scoring quite at the rate that they have in the past. And a big reason comes down to it is they have a quarterback that's still developing. And as, as far as a starter, getting comfortable as a starter, I would say that Kyle McCord's third game of the season, I felt Ryan was his best game of this of the season so far. I thought he was good against Western Kentucky. Uh, very accurate, precise, getting the ball down the field. Uh, didn't have as many plays that you could say, oh, it might have been a turnover against a better opponent. And uh, and of course, their offensive line has been a, a, a bit of an issue for them as well and, and been a problem for them as far as running the football a little bit this year. And honestly, when you break them down, Ryan, uh, they are a team that I feel when you when you watch them play, they don't give up a lot of sacks, but they don't, they haven't got a lot of movement this year either. And I think that's been a bit of an issue for how State. Is not a lot of negatives. They rank top 20 in sacks allowed, top 20 in tackles lost out, but they're just not like getting the push that they normally get. And that's been a big reason for it is they've got a new look offensive line, transferring at left tackle, new starter at right tackle, new starter at center. Uh, Matthew Jones has been back and forth between right guard, left yard guard in his career. So he's experienced there. Donovan Jackson's, I think, one of the better guards in college football, in my opinion. Um, so th- those are really the two reasons that you look and say, "Hey, man, this is this is where they've got to get better if they're going to get back on track as an offense. As, as quarterback needs to continue to develop, which I think he will, and their mm-hmm. offensive line has to play a lot better. Because one thing we know, Ryan, is they have a lot of talent on the perimeter and a lot of talent at running back.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The game Notre
1: Dame fans have been waiting for all season is here as the Fighting Irish get ready to play the Ohio State Buckeyes. And if you're still looking for tickets to this titanic battle, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co.
2: Well, I, I think that usually the early portion of the season, it's about kind of finding your identity. But actually, I, I think Ohio State already has their identity. It's just about making things fit into their identity, which gets a little bit funky at times. Like, I think we know who Ryan Day wants to be as an offensive play caller, right? Like, I think we know what he ideally wants to be. So that's about now Kyle McCord and and some of the other players who are first-year starters to fit into that into that role in his offense potentially and i think that you've seen growing pains obviously at quarterback i agree i think each and every game it's gotten better and it's gotten better so he's the, heading, heading in the right direction i think that he's a player you know not to get too much into the weeds but i think that he is a player that if you get pressure on him he's going to be you know, it's, it's going to be a struggle at times right and i think that that's the biggest thing is i agree with you that Ohio State's offensive line has been surprisingly efficient in pass at pass blocking so far. There hasn't been a lot of a ton of pressures, a ton of sacks given up. But I do think that they I mean, the one thing that they lost off of last year's team was talent for sure, but also a lot of size, right? Like you lost a lot of size. I mean, Dewan Jones is a massive dude, obviously, but also Paris Johnson was a big 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 A dude at left tackle. I almost cursed on the podcast of how big that dude is, right? Like he's a big guy. So losing a little bit of that physicality, a little bit of that ability to move, I do think that that is affected. I also think that the running backs, albeit both very good players in my opinion, I, I like Trayvon Henderson, I like Mayan Williams a ton. They've also been banged up throughout the last right. couple of years of their career as well. So I think that that disjointness of as far as health, and I know Myon Williams has gotten off
1: to a slower start. I think yeah, he's only they got like the Diamante Trainum's their number two back yeah. right now.
2: He's a, so, he's a physical yeah. dude, man. I, I see yeah. why they tried him at linebacker at first, because that is a physically imposing dude. Like I, I, I get why Trainum was playing there, but you still have a couple of your top backs that have obviously dealt with some injuries a little bit, just kind of durability stuff for the last couple of years. And then, you know, breaking in Carson Hinsman as your new center. I mean, I think he's going to end up being a good football player, but yeah. you already had a good football player and Luke Whipler at, at center, right. right? You had that guy that had played a ton the year before. Now you have you know Josh Simmons and Josh Fryer taking over for the bookends. So I think this, is a, this Ohio State offensive line, I believe, eventually at some point in this in this season, will be a ton better. Will be a, a, end up being a solid unit, you know, because right now I think that it's kind of a one dimensional unit right now. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I still think it's a pretty athletic group. I just think that you have kind of lost a little bit of size and physicality. And the running game has just been kind of stagnant throughout yep. most of the season, just because I think that the combination of new offensive line meshing together and just some durability stuff that you've seen in the past. Trigion Henderson did look pretty explosive last week from what I saw. So it looks like he's getting a little bit of his explosiveness back,
3: mm-hmm. but I
2: really think that this team is just a little bit further ahead as a passing team, which should be expected. You have a guy in in Kyle McCord, who although semi inexperienced coming into this season, still developing over the first couple of games and still is a junior in college. So it's not like he's a first year player that's never played football at all. So you still had a little bit of experience under his belt. And then obviously having Marvin Harrison, Jr. A Mecca Buka, Julian Fleming, and then all those freshmen, a mm-hmm. lot of pass game weapons. Right. And that's kind of been the, that's been the identity of this team for a long time now for Ohio state.
1: Yeah, I and I'll say, I'll make a statement here real quick that I don't know how. I'm curious what Ohio State fans, Ohio State fans, think about this, Ryan. They're, at no point in time this year are they going to be as good at tackle as they were last year or close. They won't be. Yeah, you, you lose a first round at,
2: pick and then Dewan Jones. Like and, it's and and be with
1: tough, all yeah. due respect to Josh Simmons and Josh Fryer, they just don't have the talent. Even if like oh they reach their full, if Josh Simmons reaches his full potential this year, he's nowhere close to Paris Johnson. And same thing okay. with with uh, Josh Fryer, Dewan Jones. And, and, but you watch the run game. I do think the run game is going to take off at some point time this year. I just hope it's not this weekend for Notre Dame's sake, Ryan. Because a lot of the issues too, they're not getting a lot of a push right now. And part of it's because th- they don't have quite the size they did last year, but they still have 310, 313 pounders at, at, at tackle. Donovan J- uh, Jackson's over 310, 310 pounds. Matthew James is 315. Conor, Car- Carson Hensman's 300, who I think is going to be a great player when it's all said and done. Yeah. But there's also issues, Ryan, with timing, which is not to be, sure. is not to surprise me. We've got a new center, two new tackles. You know, it, it's especially, not, a especially with call. a heavy,
2: they're heavy inside zone team as well. Right. So, like that right. timing and that ability yeah. to work together in unison, like that matters yeah. a lot in that type of system. Yep.
1: Yep. And they're going to get that going at some point in time, in my opinion. So, I, I do think their run game at some point will take off. I'll, I'll, here's my bold statement, though, Ryan. By, The time we get to November, let me see who Ohio State plays on November fourth. Let me let me see who that is. So that first weekend, by the time they get through the Wisconsin game and get into their last month strength, stretch of Rutgers, Michigan State, Minnesota, Michigan, and then the Big Ten title game, which I predicted Ohio State will be in preseason, the inside of their offensive line will be better than it was last year. And here's why I say that: I think Donovan Jackson is going to be an even better version of himself, and I think he's been pretty good so far this year. You know, as far as a guy that's still getting used to having Two new people around him,
0: right? A really but, talented you know, kid,
1: yep. yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm a. You know this. I, I. One of the things I, I thought Notre Dame made a mistake not taking taking Carson Hensman two years ago. He liked Notre Dame a lot. They decided to go a different direction. I like Ashton Craig a lot, but I would have taken Ashton Craig and Carson Hensman in my opinion. Yep. A very good football yep. player. Um, he he has got a little bit more body to him than Luke Whipler did. He just doesn't have the experience that Luke Whippler had. I think he's more and in like
2: right the there. Josh Myers mold comparative to yeah. Luke Whipler mold. yeah Yes. Yep.
1: Yes. And he's going to be a good player. And and I've always liked Matthew James as a good steady guard. So I think by the and he's played a bunch. He was part of that group last year. So I it it really comes down to once Carson Hensman gets comfortable being the center. I think that's when the interior of their offensive line really starts to take off. And that's when I think you'll see that group be better. And that's when you'll see Ohio state's offense starts to take off because they're, they're going to struggle to match what they've been in recent years. If they have to rely on car on Kyle McCord to throw for 370, 380, 400 yards every game. And, sure. and that's something that hurt CJ Stroud in recent seasons, Ryan, is they'd go into some of these big games and they were one dimensional and teams could say, yeah, we'll give up our yards, but we're going to make you work for those yards and it, it hurt Ohio State. It, it hurt them in the past game because they they like two years ago against uh, against Oregon. You know, they threw for four hundred eighty four yards, only scored twenty eight points. They had fifty four passes, and they were yeah. able to make they yeah, say hey you know sixty four point eight completion percentage, 9.0 yards per attempt. But they forced nineteen incompletions in that game, and and then Ohio State couldn't run the ball in that game. They only ran for one hundred twenty eight yards, and they could so they couldn't score enough points. And then they go against Michigan later that year. And they only run for 64 yards. So it didn't really matter that C.J. Stroud went out against Michigan and threw for 394 yards and two touchdowns because he needed 49 attempts to get to it. Right. right? And that was the thing that kind of hurt them in recent years is they just weren't able to go out there. That hurt him against Notre Dame last year in, in, in early in the game. Now, they got the run game going in the late third quarter into the fourth quarter, and that's what broke the game open. But part of the reason they couldn't put points on the board early in the game was because they couldn't run the football on their name. They were, they were trying to throw the football too much. They put too much of a burden, in my opinion, on C.J. Stroud. And when Ohio State is at their best, it's when there's a better balance. And, and, you know, I think that's what they've got to get back to. That's when they've had their best teams, in my opinion, is when those teams have a little bit more balance. And I think yeah. the offensive line is gonna have a chance to to get that. Cause like when Marvin Harrison got hurt, why could they not still beat Georgia when he went down? Because couldn't run the football. When they needed yards at the end of that game, they couldn't get them. Right? They couldn't get them. And and that's that's not who Ohio State was when Urban Meyer built them from, you know, you had that yeah, the Jim Trussell era where they were good in the late in the Jim Trussell era, but they weren't the same team they were at the beginning of the Jim Trussell era, where they could they could go beat a Miami. And then, of course, they go down and, and you have the Luke Fickle year, between all that trauma and all that kind of stuff. And what Urban Meyer did was establish a physical, punishing football team. They went into the college football playoff in 2014 against Alabama and just physically kicked their butt. Yep. And, you know, Bama had a chance to pull away early, couldn't take advantage. And then Ohio State's ground game and defensive line just took that game over. And that's what made Ohio State. And they're not that team right now. And they're going to, but I do think they're trying to get back to being that team. And I think the interior of the offensive line is going to be the key to that. And if there's – if they're going to be as good as I think they can be by the season's end, you know, that's – that's that's what's going to make them dangerous when they when they play Michigan and and get into the Big Ten title – if they can also then get into the Big Ten title game.
2: I do think that that's the recipe for success because, I mean, if you ask me who are the best players on Ohio State's all, uh, offense right now, I mean, Donovan Jackson would be in the conversation, but the top guys on that offense right now, at least from a talent perspective, are – Marvin Harrison, Jr., Emeka Ibuka, Travion Henderson. And then you move down to like the, you know, the Cade Stovers and the Mayan Williams of the world, right? I mean, so like they have a lot of skill position talent, but I really think that what was missing off of last year's team was Travion Henderson being banged up. He wasn't the same guy that he was the year before. And I think that if he is the same guy, I think Ohio State is a really difficult team to stop. Because the one thing, Brian, is like, If if C.J. Stroud, I feel like Ohio State, if they had to get into a situation where C.J. Stroud had to be a guy, right, he can make a lot of plays because he was the number two overall pick, right? He's a very talented player. I'm not as certain that Kyle McCord can just put someone on his back and be that guy on a week-to-week basis. Could he do it every once in a while? Sure. But he is going to be at his best, in my opinion, when there is a semblance of balance because he is a guy that I think is going to work well off of RPO play action and getting guys in space and not just being a guy that is just dropping back every single play. So I think that this team needs balance. I think that they will try to get to that balance level, but balance will only be achieved if certain players are able to one, stay healthy and two step up to the plate to your point. Right. right? So I think that that is very important element to this team, reaching its potential. They certainly have the point, the pieces, they certainly have the tools to be able to be that team but it's about the maturation of some players like Kyle McCord played a lot better against Western Kentucky, but this is the biggest challenge that he's going to have so far this year, right? Like this is a completely mm-hmm. different animal than the three games you start this year. And then Akron that you started a couple of years ago, this is a completely different animal. Can Travion Henderson stay healthy? Can Mayan Williams stay healthy? Can this offensive line gel? There are some question marks about this Ohio state offense. They're still going to score a lot of points this year, because they're talented. They're really talented, and they have a guy that, can, that is a really good offensive mind-call in place. So they're going to score points, but are they going to score efficiently in the games that matter most? That's my question for, for this team right now.
1: And I think they will by the time we get to November. Notre Dame needs to make sure that doesn't happen in September. That's going to be the key in this game. When you yeah. look at the Buckeye offense, Ryan, uh, they, they are – Mixing up personnel well this year. They're doing a lot of two tight end stuff this season. Actually, there's three different tight ends that have gotten, I believe, over 20 snap, about 20, 30 snaps this season. So they're not afraid to go 12 personnel. They're doing some different things in the run game in that regard. But they're still a, a very similar team schematically and structurally to what they've been in the past. Uh, still rely a lot on the quick passing game, working the levels concepts. They've taken some shots. They, they're letting Dev, uh, Kyle McCord throw the ball down the field. They are. And, and that's something that that uh I think has been needed a little bit in this offense is just a little bit more willingness to uh, really attack down the field and playing to the, the strength of your team. See, even uh, I think it was the Indiana game, they took an early shot down the field to Julian Fleming. And it wasn't even uh it wasn't even Marvin Harrison or, or uh a buka And then obviously Marvin Harrison's had a couple of seventy-yard touchdowns the last couple weeks as well. He's but there there's definitely been a, a willingness to Th- attack down the field with Kyle McCord a quarterback. So I don't know if that's a a, a philosophical change or if, they, if that's just something they've seen from Kyle McCord. He he throws a really nice deep ball. You know, maybe there's some confidence there. I'm I'm not quite sure why, but it just seems to me like they are more willing to do that. I, I I'd have to do a little bit more of a statistical study, but that's been that's been kind of one of the knocks I've had on Ohio State in recent years, Ryan. It's just at times a little bit of an unwillingness to be really aggressive throwing the ball down the field with guys that you should. And I, I kind of understood it when you had Chris alave and Garrett Wilson and, and those guys, cause they were great route runners, you know, and just could get open yeah. on those intermediate zones. But when you've got like a Mecca and you've got Marvin Harris I feel like that's an offensive recipe for, Hey, be more willing to take more shots. You're,
2: yeah. you're a lot bigger yeah. at wide receiver than you've been in the last few years. I mean, yeah. to your point, Chris alave was six foot, 180 something pounds. Garrett Wilson was 5'11, 180 pounds. Like neither of those guys are big dudes. I mean, even before that, I mean, a little bit before that, they had guys like Paris Campbell and Curtis Samuel. And like those guys were not big dudes either. They right. were more McLaurin, after catch yes, players. Exactly. That's right. Like you're gonna right. you're gonna take you're gonna create explosive plays in different fashion. This team, I mean, you have Marvin Harrison Jr., that's 6'3", 6'4". You have Emeka Buka, who's a slot guy, but he's still 6'1", 205 pounds. You have Julian Fleming, who can play outside the numbers. You have Carnell Tate, who's 6'2". You have a lot more size, and now they're also getting Cade Stover involved in the passing game, which they haven't gotten tight ends involved a ton over the last few years. I know Cade had a pretty good year last year, but they are getting him involved in a much higher volume and more – explosive play wise over the first few games as well. So I think that this is a bigger wide receiver group. And I think, I think people have a misconception with how teams take the top of the defense. Sometimes they just think it's pure speed. Right. But I'm like, no, I want, I want length working down the field outside the numbers too. Right. Like I want some size and Notre and Ohio state has a lot of size on the outside. They have a lot of size in the middle of the field. Again, I mean, Emeka Buka is your smallest starting receiver at 6'1", 205 pounds. I think him and Julian Fleming are around the same. So it's like, yeah, they, they were a much bigger wide receiver group than maybe we've seen at Ohio State over the last couple of years.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile So, Ryan, when you look at their offensive personnel, I, I we, we've talked a lot about the talent at the running back position. We've talked about the talent at the receiver position. I think Cade Stover's an underrated player on that football yep. team. You and I have talked Good a player. lot about him this summer. Uh, they've had a couple other tight ends working in the mix uh, this season so far. Joe Royer's one who's kind of a blocking guy. And for some reason, the other kid who I was watching off from 88, his name is escaping me right this particular moment. I'm looking it up. Give me one second here, everybody. I'll have this here for you. Uh, but the other tight end that they've been using is uh, J- Jelani Thurman. No, that's not who not it is. The it's, uh, it's G Scott. Excuse me. G, oh, Scott. G. Scott. Former so, receiver. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they've been using him as well. Uh, 88's G Scott. Uh, so they're using multiple looks. They're, they're using that personnel well. I think they're doing that in, in part to try to get the run game going as well because you do have receivers on the outside that can just win one-on-one. I mean, it's – you know, yep. Marvin Harrison one of those guys where it's like, dude, I don't care if he's covered, throw it to him. You know, it, <laughs> right. it, it's, it's okay. Give him that shot to, to, to make that play. But I think one, one of the things I like about this team, Ryan, And why I've been high on Ohio state coming into the year when, when maybe there, some people may be a little bit more down on them is because I love the balance of their offensive talent. It's not just a couple really good receivers. It's, You've got, you're, you're still loaded to receiver that you can't get Noah Rodgers and Brandon Ennis on the field right now. I mean, Carnell Tate's the only freshman of that group that's playing right now. Yeah. You know, you had to move G. Scott to tight end, right? And, you know, you've got Julian Fleming who's doing a lot of good things. Xavier Johnson, the, the former walk-on who beat Notre Dame for a touchdown last year, is getting a lot of playing time this year. So, but you've, you have your backs are a little bit more healthy. Uh, I haven't seen Dallin Hayden. I don't know if he's red or if he's banged up. I haven't looked into that yet, but we haven't seen him. He's a talented guy as well, but you've got so far Travion Henderson looks healthy and you've got Chip Trainham that that looks they're they're very high on him i've been hearing a lot about him since the spring and and so there's just a lot of different weapons to work with and and i think that's something that you look at too you're going to have your hands full as a defense cuz like that is that's kind of like what we praise Notre Dame for right that we've said about Notre Dame it's like it's it's really hard to keep Notre Dame um in in kind of in check because you can shut this guy down, but then you still have to contend with that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. And Ohio State has that too, but they're even more dynamic, obviously, at the wide receiver position this season. Uh, With Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka, they're more dynamic, I would say, than anybody at at receiver in college football outside of, you know, the only team that to me that can even be in the conversation with Ohio State right now as far as a one-two punch is Washington, Right now, that's 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 it. You know, m- maybe Texas of AD Mitchell can continue to to take off, but but right now, I'm with all due respect to Xavier Worthy, he's not Marvin Harrison. You know, yeah. he he's not that guy. So there's a lot of town around the, around this offense that makes it. That's the challenge, right? Is you can stop a Mecca and you can stop Marvin Harrison, but you but to, in order to do so, you've basically got to turn Case Stover, loose or or sure. or Julian Fleming, or the run game, and you know they're doing a lot to get the out of the backfield. I saw. I mean, one game, uh, Ryan, and all their opponents kind of look the same. They're like red. That's why I was glad Western Kentucky wore like black in that game because like finally an opponent's not red. So it's a little easier to remember in my head who it was against. They came out one game. They were like three swing screens, like first couple drives of the game, you know, just trying to get the backs the ball and get the backs more involved in the offense. So I would imagine they're going to do that against Notre Dame, especially after what we saw last week where Notre Dame was turned a couple guys loose on the on that type of concept with Central Michigan. That's exactly what I would do, is try to get to the edge of this Notre Dame defense. And they've done a pretty decent job. That's where they've had their success running the football. It, more so to me is, is when they can get off tackle and bounce those runs outside. They've had some nice stretch runs where they can kind of get some width and then have vertical insertion. Uh, they haven't been able to really just go right at teams so far this year. It's been a lot more of the 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 movement stuff and that's where Notre Dame has to be able to have success in this game I really like the
2: balance that Ohio State has with the skill position players
1: because I think the biggest thing is that they're not all
2: similar which is great Mm -hmm. right like the running backs for instance like Van Henderson I think is listed at like 510 like um, 210-215 pounds somewhere but like he's a he's a bolt of lightning when he's healthy right like he's that explosive play guy Mayan Williams, I had a preseason measurement on him from the NFL. He was like 5'8 and 7'8 and 233 pounds. Like, he's just a tank, right? Like, he's a physically dense dude. And Chip Traynham kind of the same type of dude. I mean, he's, you know, 230 pounds and, and super physical. But then a wide receiver, you have the 6'4 Marvin Harrison who can play outside the numbers. He can play inside the numbers if he wanted to as well. But he's going to do most of his work outside because of his ability. as a route runner, his length, his speed. He has kind of that really good overall profile, But then you have a guy like Emekek Buka, who's going to make most of his living inside, but can also play outside if you need him to. But he's more of that route runner, after catch guy. Julian Fleming is a little bit more of a just solid overall player. Like he can play outside the numbers. He can play inside the numbers. He's not dynamic as either one of those guys, but he's a good, solid football player. And then you got Cardinal Tate, who's a little bit more in the Marvin Harrison role. And so you have a really good balance of type of playmakers. And not only can you win over the middle with a guy like Emeka Kuka as a slot receiver at 6'1", 205, and really make guys win in space, you can also do a lot of cool things with Cade Stover in that role as being a 250-plus pound tight end right around 6'4". So I think the balance is the biggest difficulty that Notre Dame is going to have to have to contend, right? You're going to have to find – because Ohio State is going to find matchups. They're going to find matchups that they like and find some one-on-one opportunities, Notre Dame defensively is going to need to be able to dictate some of those matchups that they get into as well. You know, where's the? is there a tight end eraser in this game? Is there a guy that they want to Marvin Harrison's side more often than not? Is there a guy that when they're really kind of opening things up and Emeka Gbuka's working in the slot mostly, who's the premier slot defender that they want to play with that guy most? Is there a linebacker that they feel good about playing in man-to-man coverage against one of the running backs out of the backfield? Like, those matchups, I think, are going to be a big thing in this football game because Ohio State, and this is a Ryan Day thing, is that I don't think Ryan Day is as balanced as he needs to be consistently. But Ryan Day is a really good person as far as creating matchups for his playmakers and getting them out in space. Notre Dame has to be able to dictate those matchups themselves. They can't just be super reactive this week. They need to be a little bit more proactive. So if there's a guy that you like a matchup on your side, you need to try to kind of force their hand and make right. sure that that is the matchup that you get. Matchups and one on one opportunities are going to be a big part of this football game, in my opinion, yeah. especially against that high seed offense.
1: There's no doubt. And and the Notre Dame receivers are going to have to be smart in this game too. Or excuse yeah. me, Notre Dame uh, corners are going to have to be smart. Yeah. DBs are going to, have to be smart in this game. You've got to know when you've got a chance to go make a play, and you got to know when. Okay, let's I'm play not another ready to day. Be, <laughs> Yeah. Go tackle the guy. Let him catch it. Let him tackle him. You know, because we saw that last year. You know, with Cam Hart when he tried to jump that outcut to Mecca Buka, didn't get to it. Catches it, and you know, you make that kind of mistake against Central Michigan. Maybe your safety is fast enough to get over there and stop him after twenty-five yards. Not against right. Ohio State. That's that's no. going to be the key. That's going to be the key. So it, it it they require you to play with pers- with great discipline, Ryan, in the past game because if you don't, you this is a team that's as. It's, you know, we were talking earlier in the last week or was it earlier this week about comparisons between Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day. And, and one thing I'll say there they have in common is they are two great pass game coordinators that if you make a mistake, they are going to hurt you and hurt you bad. Yeah. If you make a mistake, if you make an alignment mistake, if you make a personnel mistake, um, the, the the savviness of, of Ryan Day last year to see Tariq Bracey go out. And what does he do? They put a freshman in the slot go right to it on the very first play, go right to it, beat him for a post-drop touchdown. Right. Sure. That changed the game. I think that's where that was Ohio State's that that gave Ohio State their first lead since like the first or you know early second quarter, late first quarter. And mm-hmm. and so to me, that's that's you just can't make those kind of mistakes against Ohio State because outside of two, three plays, I mean you kept Ohio State in check. They didn't rip off the big plays in normal. The concern I have when you evaluate what Notre Dame's done the last couple weeks in the past game is they have been leaving spots of the field open. This week, you're playing a receiving core that if you do that against Ohio State, it's not going to be a tip ball interception. It's going to be a 40-yard gain, Right. And they're that's what space. they demand of you. Exactly. They're going to find exactly. space. Yeah. Yep. Exactly.
2: You, you had the advantage as far as the skill position players for the last four games you played. If they're going to make a – if you're going to vacate space and allow them to create a play – They'll beat you, but they won't destroy you, right? They won't really capitalize in the sense of taking one the distance. If you make a mistake against an Emeka and you leave a zone vacated, he's going to create a big play. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the same way. Even Julian Fleming is that way. Cade Stover in his role could do that stuff as well. Trevyan Henderson can certainly do that if he's healthy. So, yes, there is a lower margin for error this week As a playing a space game, you need to be able to control the space and stay disciplined to the space. And because, look, Kyle McCord is going to throw for some yardage this week, right? Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to get some receptions this week. Trayvon Henderson is going to create some plays this week. You have to understand that there is a give and take. You don't want them to create the big play. Marvin, you're not going to shut up. I, I love Benjamin Morrison. If Benjamin Morrison goes against Marvin Harrison Jr. every play, I think he'll make some plays, right? But Marvin Harrison is still going to make a lot of plays because he's a really, really good football player who's probably going to be a top five in the 2024 NFL draft. It's about eliminating the highest level of impact on a play to these types of players. Right. Keep a at McBuka to 12 yards. Don't let him turn it into 30-plus, right? Marvin Harrison Jr., keep him at the catch point don't let him you know create a big play down the field shake someone off and then go for 60 that's the keys is to limiting the impact that very talented football players can bring to the table that I right. that's a paramount thing for Notre Dame this week
1: it's very similar to what we saw last year Ryan like look right Marvin Harrison last year against Notre Dame had five catches 56 yards Benjamin Morrison broke up a pass against him, but it was on 11 targets. It's got to be that. We've talked about this this summer. Like, I don't care if Marvin Harrison has seven catches for 120 yards, but it has to be on like 15 targets, 13 targets. It has to be on a lot of, where you've created more negatives. And you look at the Georgia game. That is one thing Georgia did well is, yes, he had five catches for 106 yards, but it was on 10 targets. It was a 50% success rate. That's going to allow you to create enough stops for your offense to then go down and counter and get scores. And that's what they did. Maryland did a decent job of that last year. We had five catches for 68 yards. It's a good game, but it was on 11 targets. And what right. you can't do is, is like what he did to Penn State last year. He had 185 yards receiving, 10 catches on 12 targets, right? that That's a difference. And, and so, and then the other thing that we've talked about too, Ryan, is you can't, if Marvin gets his, you've got to make sure nobody else, I mean, you've got to be able to, to handle the other matchups as well. And that's what honestly makes this team difficult is because you do have other guys that can beat you, but that's, it, it, it's not so much, you know, can they, can they stop Marvin Harrison? Can they stop this guy? It's more about, can you make sure that you then don't get ripped up by the run game, that you then don't get ripped up by a Buca, that you don't then get ripped up and give up four catches for 75 yards to Cade Stover or, or, you know, Julian Fleming and those type of guys. And that's what, again, that's what makes it difficult, but it's what you need to do to 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 win this kind of football game, right? And that's exactly what the recipe has been for teams in the past. Is Yeah, Georgia gave up their yards to Ohio State last year in the past game, but Ohio State couldn't run football on them. So it wasn't wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to get the job done. And 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 that's where Notre Dame's going to have to be. It was
2: very demoralizing in last year's game, too, when in the fourth quarter, when it's a 14-10 football game and you still have a chance that Ohio State is just able to assert their will on you, right? And it was just downhill running it was Mayan Williams and you just could not counteract and stop it right and like that's right. the biggest thing is that Ohio State has the type of players that even if you take something away they still have other tools in the toolbox to be able to make a lot of plays that's why you need right. to be smart you need to understand how to dictate matchups you need to be aggressive at times but you also need to understand like hey man we're not just going to throw everything in the fire and pray that it all works out right there has to be a really key game plan in this one I think that for me like I I think that Al Golden has it in him I think he's shown that he can potentially do that I think of like a couple game plans that I've really liked and there was one or two that I didn't love so far this year so defense needs to be ready to play because they are certainly going to be challenged against a very talented Ohio
1: State offense Move to the other side of the ball, Ryan, and, and talk about the Ohio State defense. This has been the best part of their team so far, uh, statistically and on film. Uh, yep. the Buckeyes this year have have been a very uh I mean, just shut down defense so far this season. When you look at what they've been able to do, they're only giving up right now 223.7 yards per game and three point was it, three point six yards per play. None of their opponents have had more than two hundred and eighty four yards. And th- you, they did that this weekend against the Western Kentucky team, Ryan. That that if you're not familiar with Western Kentucky, Western Kentucky averaged almost 500 yards a game last year, and and this is a team that puts up a lot of a lot of yards. They're an air raid team. They put up 465 against South Florida, 433 against Houston Christian. Not as dynamic as they were last season, but still a, a team that when you hold them to 284 yards and only 204 passing yards, that's a that's a good, day's, good day work for Ohio State's defense, Ryan. And so when you, when you look at who where they are, and we talk about how you know, Notre Dame's defense ranks really high, they're doing really well, so does Ohio State's. Ohio State right now it ranks second in college football in points per game allowed, 6.7. Uh, they rank third in college football at 223.7 yards per game. That's uh, 11 higher than Notre Dame, about 10.5 higher than Notre Dame. Notre Dame's fourth in, in total defense. Ohio State this season is um, second in yards allowed per play at 3.6. Notre Dame is third at 3.8. So there's been a lot of similarities between the production of what these two teams have done. Ohio State's rush defense this year uh, ranks 20th in college football. They're only giving up 83.3 per game, which is a a, a pretty good mark. They rank 16th in yards per play. Uh, Their pass defense this season, Notre Dame ranks fourth in passing yards allowed. Ohio State's ranked seventh. At 140, Notre Dame has given up two touchdowns and given up five picks. Ohio State's only allowed one touchdown so far and has, has had three picks. Uh Ohio State ranks, uh, f- uh let's see here, eighth in uh, pass efficiency defense. Notre Dame is currently first. And the Buckeyes also rank ninth in yards allowed per attempt this season. Notre Dame is 13th. So even though Notre Dame has got a better pass efficiency defense, Ohio State's allowing uh, f- uh, fewer plays uh, per play. Notre Dame is currently second. And, pa- and completion percentage allowed. This is one area where Notre Dame uh, has a bit of an advantage. Ohio State's at thirty third at fifty five point eight. But I would argue that Ohio State or Ohio State played a better pass team in Western Kentucky than anything Notre Dame has faced this year uh, as far as passing attacks. So I think that factors into it as well. So Ryan, this is a team that that so far, you know, you and I said last year it wouldn't. You know, we we warned Ohio State fans don't think that it's going to be an automatic turnaround. That's not who Jim Knowles is. It's a very complex defense. It's a, There's a lot to it. If you look at his history, going back to Duke, going back to Oklahoma State, it was oftentimes year three, really, at those places that you saw it start to really figure it out. I, I, I We anticipated it would happen a little sooner at Oklahoma State, Ryan, or I mean, Ohio State, Ryan, because there's better players. Sure. Where at those other two places, he had to rebuild the roster and the defense. Now it's just, dude, you've got the talent. Now just figure it out, and so far... they've done pretty well. Here's what I want to get into, Ryan. Let's talk first a little bit about what Jim Knowles is doing this year. I'll be honest. They have not been as – they've kind of done what I wish Notre Dame would do more of. They're not as exotic as they've been in the past. They're doing a lot of just line up and fly to the ball. I mean, they're they're bringing their pressures and they're doing stuff, but they're just lining up and saying, our guys are better than your guys. We're going to line up in our 4-2-5 and just attack. And that's worked for them so far in three games
2: yeah well and i i think that they have always had obviously a lot of talents you know and i think that for me it's you don't have to be exotic when you have talent right you really don't i mean as a defensive coach i always wanted to be as simplistic as possible and when i and be aggressive when i want it to be right not not aggressive out of necessity aggressive out of When you out of luxury, like that's my biggest thing. Right. And I think that for me, it's we've seen growth for some players this season so far. And again, it's a three game sample size against not the best competition in the world. But Denzel Burke, for instance, looks a whole lot better than what he looked last season. I did not think he was a great player last year. I think Denzel Burke is playing really good ball this year. I think the safeties have been cleaner this year. You know, Ronnie Hickman moving on. I know Josh Proctor's still been banged up and everything, but like Latham Ransom has been a pretty good football player so far. The linebackers on the second level have been good and clean, and I expected that one, right? Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers, I thought, played really good football last year, so they've been clean. And then the front four... And they have depth there. You know, you talk about the defensive tackles of Michael Hall and Tyleek Williams and also Ty Hamilton and the defensive ends with JT Toy Molow and Jack Sawyer and a couple of the young guys they have there. They, they have dudes up front. It's just about consistency on a snap-to-snap basis. They've been more consistent this year. But my biggest takeaway, Brian, of this defense is, one, I think that they're more comfortable. But two, I think they've been better on the back end than what they were last year. I think the secondary has taken a massive step forward. I think Denzel Burke has been a whole lot better than what he was a year ago.
1: Because Ryan, if you look at the pro football focus numbers, and and again, what do we always say about pro football focus? Don't pay attention to their grades, but pay attention to their data collection. And I do like their data collection. And if you look at Ohio State this season, people Notre Dame fans talking about how Notre Dame doesn't get any pressure on the quarterback. Guys, I had to break it to you, but if, if you watched Ohio State, I mean, they haven't got a lot of pressure on the quarterback this year, Ryan. I mean, they had, if you go, if you look at the numbers, I'm going to pull it up here right now. Uh, Let me pull up the Ohio State uh, defense here real quick. Just give me one second here. So if you look at this past game, they've had uh, five sacks in three games, right? Just solid. But if you look at it against Indiana, they were credited with 13 total pressures, one sack and two hits on the quarterback by Pro Football Focus. If you go to week two, against Youngstown State they were only credited with eight total pressures two sacks and one hit on the quarterback this past week they were a little better against Western Kentucky they had 20 total pressures two two uh, sacks and five hits on the quarterback so far this season and you know when, when you look at Notre Dame Notre Dame had 10 against Navy two hits and th- two sacks and three hits on the quarterback that was against Navy you know who, who doesn't throw the ball that much. Now, Notre Dame had 19 pressures, one sack, eight hits on the quarterback against Tennessee State. Uh, you look week two against NC State; they had 28 pressures, uh, one sack, four hit on the four three hits on the quarterback. And then this past week against Central Michigan, Notre Dame had it was their lowest production of the season on a per snap ba- on a per pass attempt basis. They had 14 pressures. That's it and two sacks and three hits on the quarterback, and they they did not do a very good job of getting pressure on the quarterback. However, that's still better than what Ohio State's done every week but one, and then not much worse than what they did in their best week. Their pass game success so far has come because they have been very disciplined in their, in their back seven as far as jumping routes, beating guys to spots, uh, and their corners have been pretty good so far. I'm not a big fan of their corners, Ryan, based on what we've seen, but you can only go off what you see on film. And what we've seen on film so far is their corners have been pretty good. Uh, they gave up one big play early to Youngstown, but that's against Cameron Martinez who barely plays. I think he's yeah. maybe 10 snaps the whole season. But when you look at what their, their main guys have done, they've done a pretty good job so far this season of limiting uh, what teams are doing to them, throwing them the football. And they've played one team so far. Who's been pretty good. If you look through it for three games, Ryan Denzel Burke, according to Pro Football Focus, has given up only three catches on seven targets for 42 yep. yards. And uh, Davison Igbenosen, I think, is close to—he's four of eight for 52 yards in, in those games. And so that's been a big key for them. Ryan is, and their safeties have been especially effective. I think uh, looking at Josh Proctor, he's one of four uh, for two-yard yep. completion. That's it. Lathan Ransom, zero for one so far this season. Malik Hartford played a little bit against. Um, Youngstown, because I, I think Proctor was a little banged up going to that game. He was. Uh, although yeah. I believe he still I believe he still played, but he just didn't play yeah. as much. It, it was and, the most uh,
2: Josh Proctor thing of all time that he actually had one of the best games of his career, but then he got banged up and still yeah. missed a little bit of time. Most yep. Josh Proctor thing of all time.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So I mean that's been that's been the key for what they've been able to do so far, Ryan, is is have success in that regard. And when you talk about their production, um, you know, it matches very similarly to what Notre Dame's guys have done this season. In in when you look at what, what what Notre Dame's corners have done, and we've talked about how well their corners have played this season, the level of production they've given up is very similar to what, what, what Notre Dame's guys are doing. Notre Dame's guys are doing. So I have been impressed what I've seen from them so far. Uh, Benjamin Morrison in four games has given up uh, four catches for 37 yards uh, on 11 targets. And Cam Hart has given up three catches for 63 yards on 11 targets. So, Uh, Both cornerback tandems are holding opponents as a whole under uh, the starting corners are holding opponents under 50%. Actually, Notre Dame's are holding theirs under 40%. But again, I would say Notre Dame hasn't played played a pass attack as good as Western Kentucky. It's not that Western Kentuckys is phenomenal. I believe they lost their top receiver from last year, Ryan. And as I've said before, this kid's a good quarterback, but he's not Bailey Zappi. He's not as dynamic as what Bailey Zappi was not that often. I think too, for like a thousand less yards last season. So, uh, but still, they've done a pretty good job. So I agree with you, Ryan. And and they've done it. And I think part of the success has been because Jim Knowles. To me, I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know you watch a lot more uh, of their film because you know from last year, but and from Oklahoma State, but they they just don't seem to be doing as much as he's done in the past. It, it just there seems yeah. to be now. Maybe he's just holding it all back for Notre Dame. Maybe. Uh, I I doubt it. It just seems to me, he's like, Hey, I got really good players. I don't have to scheme my way into success all the time. I could just, we could just line up to a degree and say, Hey, my dudes are better than your dudes. And, and I don't need to throw a million things at you if you can't stop what we're doing. And it's, it's worked so far. It's been really good so far.
2: I mean, they, they obviously look the part, right? Because they have a lot of talent. I mean, they have, Three to four dudes on the defensive line that will play NFL football in some capacity. Both linebackers will play in the NFL, Eichenberg and Chambers. You have at least one or two safeties that will play in the NFL. Both starting cornerbacks have a chance if they're developed properly. So there's NFL players all over the place for Ohio State. It was always like that, though, even in the previous regime. It's just been about development, consistency, and putting guys in the in better position. And I think that yeah. – they're playing fast right now. They're playing fast because I think they trust what Jim Knowles is doing yep. and the positions that are putting them in right now.
1: And I think he's showing trust in them. I actually made one mistake, Ryan. The numbers I gave on their corners were from the Western Kentucky game. Okay. Denzel Burke on the season has given up five completions for 66 yards on 17 targets. That's so he's good. holding opponents to a 29.4% uh, percent completion percentage this okay. season. So he's obviously been uh, pretty good in that regard. Uh, compare that uh, cam hart who's at 27.3 for notre dame he's notre dame's best so far so uh cam's slightly lower benjamin's given up a higher percentage but benjamin's given up a lot less yards he's only given up 37 yards because a lot of the stuff that benjamin's given up this year ryan according to profile it's like when you look at it it's like a hitch route and off coverage yeah. that kind of thing yeah. you know it's it's uh it's and now davidson igbenosen's I- I- actually given up 12 completions on 20 targets so he's actually given up 126 yards this year Jordan Hancock 6 of 9 but only 57 yards. So, um that's obviously something that uh, they're going to have to they're going to have to continue to um they're going to have to Notre Dame's going to have to win some of those battles. That's that's what it really comes down to. They're going to have to win some of those battles. Now, here's an interesting thing about Ohio State. They actually have given up decent according to Pro Football Focus decent number of yards after the catch. So, they've given up 235 of their 506 yards after the catch. Or that's Notre Dame's 200, 235 to five oh six after the catch in four games, Ohio State's given up two hundred twenty five of their four twenty one is after the catch. So a much higher percentage of the yards they've had have been after the catch. But to me, it's it's watching the games. It's been a lot of catch it at five, get ten. It's not been like making a guy miss and going for forty. It hasn't been right. that kind of play. It hasn't been stuff that you look at and you are like, boy, that's that's a that's a big problem, you know. And and I haven't I haven't seen that as 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 big of an issue but yeah their defense has been their defense has been good so far Ryan a uh, lot more sound tackling than Notre Dame Notre Dame has 37 missed tackles so far in uh, four games Ohio State has 20 in three games so a little bit lower lower success or lack of success for uh, or a little bit low lack of more lack of success in tackling for Notre Dame but I I gotta say I like what they're doing here's something I'm a little surprised by Ryan is as you look into it this is not a very big defensive line for Ohio State it's really not. When you look at the guys that are playing, I think their biggest guys like 295. Ty Hamilton's like 295. He's not a very big 295. Michael Hall's 280. Uh, Ty, Ty, excuse me, not not Ty Hamilton. Uh, Tyleek Ty Williams is 290. Uh, what is Ty Hamilton? He's 285, 295. 295 and then 6'3, um, 295. And then Michael Hall is 6'2, So they're not a real big defensive line. But you know what they're doing a good job of, Ryan, with that not very big defensive line? They're letting them attack. They're letting yeah. them come off the ball and use their speed and leverage to win. So imagine that, right? Imagine that. So I like what I'm seeing from the Ohio State defense this year, Ryan. It's it's a it's not as talented as maybe some past teams on the back seven. Like I like Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers a lot. This isn't this isn't like the 2015 linebacking core with like Darian Lee and Josh Perry and you know Curtis Grant and and uh uh who Raquan. McMillan coming own. off the bench. You know, I mean, you don't have you don't have a secondary filled with first and second round draft picks like that 15 of you know, Von Bell and you know and and all those guys. He was it Eli Apples, Von Bell. Who was the other corner they had that got drafted? Um by the Raiders. Damon Arnett. No, no, no. The uh the the uh Jerry Con- garen Conley. Didn't oh, he Jaren get drafted God. by the Raiders as well? Who did he get drafted by? I think he might yeah Yeah, so he was the other corner i mean they had they had a they're not that type of talent level on the defense but it's still a a talented group of players but they're just playing good football right now that's the thing we've seen from ohio state so far on defense anything to add mr roberts about what you've seen from them on defense breaking down the film I'm in. They, they, they've they always had the talent. It's always
2: been about taking advantage of that talent. So they're, mm-hmm. they're a fast defense. They are. I, I don't think Tommy Huckaburk is the fastest player of all time, but he's a very, very heavy player, very sound, always in the right position. Steel Chambers can run. Latham Ransom can run. Denzel Burke can run. The whole defensive line can run. So it's a fast defense. A lot of a lot of be yeah.
1: there. And they play to it. That's the thing I like is they play to it. They play to what they do um uh, yep. special teams wise ryan not a whole lot to you know not a whole lot to gather from the three games they've played i mean really don't know a lot about what they do kick return wise you know i mean <laughs> they're not getting a lot of those um you know not punting a whole lot but uh yeah it's, it's just this is a good ohio state fo- it's a really good ohio state football team man their name is gonna have to yep have to be ready for this game. There's no doubt about it. This. this is a good football team. And this is going to by far be the biggest test that both of these teams have had all season oh, by so far, far. By, by, a, by, by a bunch. Yep. By a bunch. Any last thoughts, Ryan, before we move on to the uh, the mailbag? I no, mean,
2: it's, it's going to be a talented game between two very good football teams that have a lot of upside. I think that this game is going to show... Warts. it's going to show strengths it's going to show who real contenders are if there is a true contender in this game to win a national championship so i'm excited for it man
1: yep so ryan that's going to do it for this part of the show we're going to do a mailbag next so if you have we don't have a whole lot of questions started so there's been a we've the the people in the chat have allowed the ohio state people that have randomly showed up to distract them from putting in questions we only have 10 so far if you do have questions for us get those in there now and we will get to those in the mailbag. But before we do, do us a favor, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. If you've not already done so, please sign up for the message board at boards.iwasbreakdown.com. We've had a lot of signups already in the last three, four days. Uh, you're missing out on a lot of good stuff, Ryan. I started doing the data collection for the quarterback uh, past game stuff. I actually have Sam Hartman's chart this week. It was one of the weirdest charts I've ever seen from a Notre Dame quarterback, Ryan. You want a little taste of what that is going to – what that looked like. So here, here's um, – Here's the pass game chart from Saturday against against um, Central Michigan. On intermediate throws of ten to nineteen yards, Sam Hartman went one of six for eleven yards. Eleven to uh, ten to nineteen yards. On throws of twenty plus, he went four of five for two hundred thirty two yards uh, against Central Michigan. And he was very good on the intermediate on stuff under 10 yards. He was 11 of 13 for 87 yards and a touchdown uh, again. And then one of the incompletions was a drop by uh, Holden Stace on that third and 10. So it it's uh, a very strange stat breakdown, very strange <laughs> stat breakdown from Saturday. But that's all premium member stuff only. You'll have to be able to get that on the message board. So that's why you should sign up at Com.